Welcome to Random Questions, the show that turns interviews on their head. I'm Eric Johnson, and who the hell are you? I'm Vignesh Ramachandran. <laughs> and uh, what do you do, Vignesh? Uh, so I'm a journalist. Yeah, we went to went to school together. So. We did. We were classmates. And you also have the uh, the honor of being the first, or probably the dishonor of being the first person ever interviewed on this show. Uh, maybe the last person if this doesn't work, then maybe it'd be the first and last. I don't really know, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm excited and terrified all at the same time. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. So if this is your first time listening, here's how it works. Neither Vignesh nor I know what we're going to talk about today. I have a list of 223 questions, and every time I hit this button, we'll get a new one at random. You can submit your own questions for future guests at randomquestions.xyz. Now, here comes the first question. Vignesh. What was the last song that got stuck in your head? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, Do you have something stuck in your head now? Yeah, actually, have you heard of this artist called Robert DeLong? Is that... Uh, I feel like I have, but I couldn't tell you anything about him. It's one of those names that is kind of is like out in the ether. What's the song? It's called... Uh, I think it's called Long... Long the down, long way down, long way down. I, I've heard that on the radio. Yeah, and, okay. And here's what's funny because Spectre has been the <laughs> the trailer has been playing a lot on TV. There's kind of like a part of the song where where it sounds like James Bond, like the James Bond theme song. So I know exactly what you mean. I've heard that song, and I can kind of I can visualize that in my ears, if so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've just been playing that on repeat on Spotify this whole week. What, what did you think of the uh, the Spectre, the official Spectre song? The, um, the, I forget the name of the artist, um, Sam something or other. Oh, Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yeah. I actually haven't heard the song yet. Okay. I'd be curious to hear what you think. Uh, so you've not seen Spectre or anything? Okay. Not yet. Cause the song is, um, it's not James Bond enough. It, it was really bad. Like it's not as bad as like die another day, like Madonna bad, but it was like pretty, pretty awful. And so, uh, a lot of people who I think are reviewing Spectre, like I, I mostly like Spectre as mm-hmm. I was telling you, but I kind of, uh, I feel like the, the songs, it's a, like a bad tone for, for, really? <laughs> for, the, for the movie. Yeah. I thought Adele was pretty good with Skyfall. Like that totally fit the ambiance of the film. And she also basically spoils the plot of the movie. If you listen closely enough to the lyrics, like she basically spoils like what's going to happen, which is pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. I never noticed that. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, it's in the, in the, in the moment you're listening to the song, you're just like, Oh man, Adele, like just the, you're listening to like the melody and like her kind of crazy, awesome voice. But then, like, yeah, if you actually look at the lyrics, it's like, oh, wow, she just gives away everything. Wow. Uh, an Easter egg <laughs> hidden in there. Pretty much, yeah. All right, here comes the next question. How many pairs of shoes do you own? So what's funny is I'm looking at my shoe rack. <laughs> we're, we're here in your home right now, so you, you can see, you get a little cheat sheet there. <laughs> That's a good question. I've, I've, I've never actually counted, but maybe, let's see, like a couple casual pairs, a couple for work flip-flops do, do you generally wear like the same pair of shoes whenever you go out like like for, for on a normal day do you always wear the same pair you know what's funny yeah i've like bought all these shoes but since i was like 10 years old i'm addicted to adidas samba shoes and i like buy them every year and people think i never buy new shoes but i just 
buy new ones. You just buy the same ones over and over again. Yeah, yeah they're comfortable. They're like, <laughs> this is oh. not product placement. This is just you being being a fan. <laughs> not at all. Adidas has no part in this. Yeah. So I mean, well, that's, that's the thing is like, yeah, I keep on buying the same um, my my flat feet, and so like I keep on buying shoes like arch support is what I supposedly yeah. I need to like not have my knees be fucked up later in life. <laughs> yes, I mean sometimes they're just comfortable. You don't want to you don't want to change. But but that's the thing though is that then. Uh, all the shoes that have arch support are like runners' shoes, so like they're they're sneakers, and they very much look like like not like nice shoes. And so I've worn them sometimes to like you know not to not casual work events because it's just like I'm going to be on my feet all day at this conference mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know this definitely looks weird when I'm, when I'm also wearing just like a, a blazer and like slacks and like and then sneakers, you know. <laughs> whatever. I think the older I get, I'm like function over form. Yeah. Like. Function over form. Yes, yeah, so, so it, you're not you're not obsessed with having the the perfect. Well, I mean, people say that though, right? Like they, they they say like, oh, you can judge someone by the shoes that they're wearing. Is like the thing. It was like that's at least what I've heard is that like people look at someone's shoes to tell like how serious they are, like at a job interview or or something like that. That's interesting because I've heard that too, but. I must not want not be one of those people because I don't look at like someone's shoes. When I don't I either. meet them, and I really don't notice. I, like, I never look wearing. at people's shoes, but there's like this hive mind out that says, "No, no, no, shoes are like really important. You should pay attention to shoes." So, yeah, who creates these rules? I don't know. Same people who decided the whole like white after Labor Day thing. It's like, okay, here here's some random <laughs> random date. I, I, I'm sure there's a historical reason for that, or some sort of like weather related reason. But it's it's, it's bizarre how like these fashion rules like get enforced you know just mindlessly you know what's up with that we need to challenge the status quo fight the fight the power exactly (laughs) here comes the next question so what do you have hanging on your walls so we're here we're here in your house to tell me about what you have on the walls here ah that's that's interesting because we're located yeah, yeah, right in my living room. This um, is a question I figure I would ask even if we were not here. But this is again, you get a little bit of a cheat sheet because you can just look around and tell me, like uh, describe describe what we're looking at here. This is really good because I yeah I I wouldn't remember otherwise. But I have a lot of art uh, from India actually that uh, we bought on our last trip there when I went with my family. So it's so a where in India. So um, my uh, a lot of my family's in South India in a city called Chennai on the eastern coast. And and your family are are you first generation or did, did your parents also grow up here? Uh, I'm I'm yeah the the first generation that grew up in the United States. So my parents moved here during uh, their college years. So then, how often do you go back uh, go back with your parents to like where they either where they grew up or where they consider home? Yeah, so growing up, we'd go like every four years or so. Um, just because it's yeah, it's definitely a it's a pricey journey to go all the way there, and when you go, you really want to stay for at least a few weeks. Right. Um, well, I mean, the time difference and things like that. You want to kind of make sure you make the most of your time while you're there. Totally. So, so tell me about like so so behind you here, I see kind of two like portrait pictures. Uh, I guess is this uh, does this have any like special significance here to you of just sort of what they're wearing or or the, or the particular artist here. I wish it had like a great story behind it. It just looks cool. But honestly, it was just like a um we went to an art gallery that I guess one of our family friends um had recommended and uh we just saw like a bunch of art there that was interesting. So I bought some, my brother bought some, my parents bought some and uh we shipped it all over here. Was that difficult at all shipping it? I guess if if you got someone else to ship it for you it's probably easier than trying to take it back yourself. So like 
I, I, like, is there anything that you've ever, uh, ever, ever, uh, lost in transit and trying, trying to ship that sort of thing? It was interesting. I think the shipping like cost more than the, the actual paintings. They, they actually had to put everything in like this wooden crate and like pack it all in there. And then it came like a couple of months later. Cause they a couple had to months. Send it. Yeah. It was like on a ship. Like, wow. it was totally like the, the olden day type of transport. Did, did they, did they explain why it had to be like on a ship or, or was that just kind of like the most economical way to do it? Or like, I don't know. It sounds like some kind of arbitrary rules that they have. I mean, I guess there's kind of like, you can get a lot cheaper shipping, like within the u.s if you if you let them put it on a truck and just drive it across the country with you know all the walmart stuff or whatever else you know with yeah. a million other things so i guess it kind of makes sense but yeah it's 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 easy to forget that like shipping like on boats is still like a major major thing now, i know i take i take amazon prime for granted yeah well yeah exactly everything can get here in two days and 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 so it's easy to take for granted just all of the 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 work that goes into moving stuff around the world for you for our for our convenience you know <laughs> yeah yesterday i actually had to get nine volt batteries and they offered me same day delivery really here in palo alto and i was like do i really need my nine volt batteries like a few hours from now and i was like no i can wait a whole two days well they're they're, they're saying we can charge you extra for same day delivery or was it would have been free or i think they were charging for it okay because i know there's some that are doing like free same day delivery oh, really? yeah and and that's the whole thing is it's like it's the convenience factor of like for a while it seemed like two day delivery with amazon i was like oh my god this is amazing and now it's like you there there's a lot of ways to get stuff delivered the same day and it's like why why would you ever leave your house you know <laughs> yeah exactly we could we could order our groceries from home too right we, we can do yeah. do that already yeah uh Insta, instacart yeah and uh and then you get the google express you know all those uh those drivers are just like go and go, go to target and pick up exactly one item for you and then bring bring it over here you know <laughs> i wonder how efficient it is actually because i ordered uh amazon prime pantry recently which is is that a grocery delivery or it was there it's like their stuff that you can buy at like it's like your tide laundry detergent like the kind of stuff you'd normally buy at like target like okay the paper towels like staples sort like of staples type home of stuff supplies yeah and i mean it was great because it came like pretty quickly within a few days and like in big boxes but the amount of like packaging they use to pack all of that i was wondering like is this actually like more efficient than just me getting in my car driving 15 mm. minutes to target cool here comes the next question what hogwarts house would you have been sorted into ah i have spent many childhood hours thinking about this actually <laughs> you, you've, you've, you've thought long and hard about where, where, where do you belong in hogwarts i totally wanted to be in gryffindor with ron and harry why is that I mean, that's where all the cool kids are, right? <laughs> Save <laughs> so, all so the fun. Of, you you want to hang out with the characters for, who are like the main characters of the book. I mean, I think Slytherin is just too like hipster for me. They're just like... Too oh. hipster? Yeah, they're just like too <laughs> too cool for school. Like Draco. Like, he's got the hair gel slick back. You know, he's got the whole, you know, he's got the goons wandering around with him. They're trying too hard. Trying too hard. What, what about uh, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff? Why not those places? They just seem pretty dull. Pretty dull. Not, the, not too much happening there. The, those are the side characters, the ones who don't really matter for the story of the book. So, so you know, what, what, why would you want to be in there? You're just in the shadows. Exactly. And then, like, Hermione would be your friend in Gryffindor. Right, like, exactly. You'd have, like, the best study buddy ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Hermione, do you know? It's on page three, you know? Just, exactly. just automatically direct you to, to, to wherever you want to go. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, here comes the next question. What was your first kiss like? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's random questions. <laughs> this is a... Uh... This is uh, embarrassing slash. I don't know if I've ever told this story. It was uh, okay. So in eighth grade and seventh grade, so middle school where I grew up was in seventh and eighth grade, and like their dances were like at three thirty p.m. after school. Three thirty p.m. Yeah. dances. It would be like right after school. Like they would like turn off the lights in the gym. Put like a bunch of streamers up <laughs> and like declare that a dance. Did they, did they bother have music or? <laughs> there would be music okay. and there would be um, teen friendly beverages and, and <laughs> cookies and whatnot. It was like one of those awkward things with like a girl I liked, um, which what, what, what was embarrassing about the whole thing is it happened to be one of my best friends liked this whole girl, like all of seventh grade. And I never admitted that I secretly also liked her too oh love so triangle is quite a scandal middle school love triangle right there exactly <laughs> so okay so so then so your friend liked this girl you also like this girl did you ask her to dance first or did you just like kind of make the first move or what happened i think it was just like casual yeah casual dancing and then it was just like it was just a little peck yeah <laughs> little peck yeah not nothing yeah nothing uh noteworthy did, do you remember what the song was that was playing i don't ah too bad. It would be for, for a good cap to the story. Clearly, I'm not romantic about that time. I was also a little <laughs> peck. It wasn't, wasn't that. It wasn't maybe that memorable. But yeah. Although I do remember it because clearly it was it was the same. It was the same girl my best friend liked. Oh man. Yeah. So, so what, what was his reaction? Um, I don't know if you ever found out. Actually. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> secret secrets. <Yeah. laughs> maybe this would be the first time he would hear that. Well, so, so did did uh, he did the two of them ever, or did the two of you ever wind up uh, together, or was it was it literally just the peck? Neither of us did. Oh, Neither man. of us got the girl. <laughs> Classic story of a of eighth grade love and loss. <laughs> Here comes the next question. I don't know why I thought of this one. God, would you ever be willing to eat a dog? No, I love dogs. But what if it tasted really good there? What, what if someone came up to you and said, like, dogs are delicious. This is the best meat I've ever eaten. That's a pretty easy one for me because I'm vegetarian. I have a lifelong vegetarian also. Fair so. point. <laughs> and I just love dogs. Yeah. Well, so when, when did you decide to be vegetarian? Like, when did that start for you? So actually, um, I've grown up vegetarian since I was born, since my parents really? uh, and like family was vegetarian. So. Was, that a, was that a religious thing or just kind of a family kind of custom? Or Yeah, so I think it goes back to um, like religious custom of like our, our specific type of like Hinduism that my family practiced, like you were vegetarian. and But now like a lot of my extended family and stuff are not, but... Mm-hmm. I guess I just grew up that way, so I'm just used to it. And so, like, when you were growing up, and, like, you know, there's obviously people who do eat meat, you know, uh, in, in both in America and in Indian culture. And so, like, did you ever try, like, I don't know, any, any like, did you ever try anything just kind of to, to see what it'd be like? Did your parents say, like, no, you're not allowed? Like, what was sort of, like, did you ever push the boundaries there? I think I tried a chicken nugget once a chicken from nugget. mcdonald's yeah cream of the crop primo me yeah <laughs> i think so and, and i don't exactly remember my reaction but did your parents I, know i 
think they did. Otherwise, <laughs> they now know now. <laughs> Man, we, we are spoiling all of your secrets today. Yeah. Exactly. This is. This well, is a what did you revealing. think of the chicken nugget? Did you remember what like what, what, was it? Was it a special occasion? Like, do you do you remember like oh I'm doing something new here? I'm pretty sure uh, my brother and I were out with our, my uncles, and they used to like treat us to like French fries and all that. And I think I like tasted it there. Yeah. Um, it was nothing like noteworthy. You you weren't like I must have this every day now. I think I was so young, I didn't, I didn't like, yeah, realize too much. Because I wasn't a foodie kids. at the time. Well, that's the thing, yeah. You, you didn't have the palate, the refined palate for nuggets, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, so now, so yeah, so now you consider yourself a foodie, but you've also been vegetarian your whole life. Do, do you, do you ever like, um, I don't know, are, are, is that something that's ever like entered into your love of food? The fact that there, there is certain foods that, that a lot of people who are also foodies, like they're like, oh yeah, of course, the, the salmon, whatever, or the, or the this type of Kobe beef or whatever. Like, does that ever enter into kind of the way you think about food or kind of what you're interested in, I guess? Totally. I think a lot of people see it as like an irony. They're like, you love food, you love food culture, but you're vegetarian. You um, choose to avoid certain types of food. Exactly. Um, but actually on my coffee table, I have this, this, uh, this new book that's actually gone crazy. It's, uh, they're, they're a group out of, I think they're a couple out of Los Angeles. It's called Thug Kitchen. And Thug Kitchen. Um, can, I, can I curse on this show? Yeah, absolutely. But it's basically Thug, yes. Thug Kitchen, Eat Like You Give a Fuck. And basically through the whole, they, they actually have like a lot of vegan and vegetarian recipes in there. And it's pretty interesting because the, the recipes are just like, they're not like flowered down like here's a salad and a head of you know a head of flowered down is that is that an expression in foodie culture or what, what does that mean i think i just made that up okay <laughs> but they're not like yeah watered down recipes they're watered like down. Okay. Here, here's something that's actually like really good so so it's something where it's kind of uh you don't you don't need to eat meat to try all these crazy like awesome unusual things to so, so, sort of combat the this the uh, assumption that someone might have about what what vegetarianism is i guess exactly i think they're real about it which is what i like like being vegetarian isn't always just about oh like i'm doing this for like health reasons or something like that sometimes you just want like a a darn good meal and like <laughs> I like I like you backed off after swearing after asking permission to swear and now you're about to darn good meal gee golly mister exactly well in the book yeah you, sh- you should check it out it's, yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty entertaining well that's one thing so, so I do eat meat I eat a substantial amount of meat it is something where even though I like 100% recognize both the fact that there are, there's a ton of great stuff that's delicious that is vegetarian and that it's also definitely healthier you know uh, and that there's all these other like good reasons ethically, you know, in terms of eating meat and th- things like that. It's it's just uh, it's it's a bridge I've never been able to fully cross. I've kind of experimented on and off with like oh being chicken vegetarian or things like that, but I've not like I've never been able to commit to like I'm gonna stop eating these things that I really enjoy and look forward to. You know, moving out to California, being close to like In and Out Burger, that was like a huge deal when I when I moved out here a few years ago. Was like, oh my god, this is so dangerous. I'm I'm within driving distance of like several In and Out Burgers. You know, that that was it was like a big deal. Uh, and and so so it's kind of like there's sort of this weird um, not Stockholm syndrome. That's the wrong term for it. But there's sort of a, a psychological uh, reinforcing thing where because eating meat has always been a part of my life. It's, 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 it's hard to overcome the, uh, 
over, over overcome the this the habit of it the the, the expectation that well of, of course I'm gonna have a hamburger you know here and there. like I don't know it's it's hard to make that switch I guess I actually totally feel the same way like and I understand that because like being a vegetarian it's like that's just what I'm used to and a lot of people are like oh but wouldn't you want to try but right. I think yeah you're just so used to it to um, you it doesn't sound like an appealing or 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 like a like an obligatory change exactly like I always get the whole like oh, you got to try barbecue or, oh my gosh, the steak is amazing. And I'm sure it is if you're, if you're used to it, but I'm just not used to that idea of eating that. So right. it doesn't sound appealing to me. So in summary, you would not eat a dog. <laughs> nah, no. I really want a dog though. Yeah. But not to eat. Not, not to eat. Not you, to eat. Or the dog is, as a pet. Exactly. Okay. Good, not, good clarification. Not on the dinner table. <laughs> Here comes the next question. Have you ever met one of your idols? That's an interesting question. Someone, someone you, 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 you really look up to and that you're just like, oh my God, this person. That makes me think about who I define as my idols. Yeah, maybe that's a better place to start. So, so yeah, who, who do you think, who do you idolize? This is a deeper question than I thought because, hmm. That's the thing. So, so I mean, with the random question format, like I've just like, had all these random thoughts you know when i and so, so these all have come from like different like trains of thought over the past several months and so like you have the eat a dog question which was you know just some some completely uh-huh. fucked up thought and this is probably me like this probably came from me just thinking about like wow i really respect whatever you know <laughs> i'm curious have you met any of your idols no i i mean to be fair several of them are dead um <laughs> okay that would make it a little hard yeah uh but but no i mean like uh i think no i i feel like i've met several great people like people who i like have loved either talking to or working with and i've been very fortunate as a journalist to meet some very like fascinating people to like just talk to some really interesting folks um but like personally as like how i define you know what i want to do and like who I want to be, I don't. I don't feel like I've met someone who who's like the guide or like the you know the. This is speaking to me personally as like the pat, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. I think I've met yeah a lot of great people. Um, maybe it's a, it's a cliche to say I idolize my parents for like yeah what you know coming to this country as immigrants and kind of building a life here. That's, um, that's a fair point. Yeah. So so like your family could have. I I wasn't considering the fact that yeah. I mean you could to- totally idolize someone who who's just sort of there for you sort of not it doesn't need to be like a famous person necessarily like yeah i'm trying to think i mean yeah i don't think i've met any of like famous celebrity idols yeah yeah parents is a good answer though i like that i, I like my parents a lot too yeah. <laughs> they, their story may not be quite as dramatic as you know moving to another country and, and all of that but they've uh they're pretty awesome i think all parents put up with I always look back and I'm like, man, parents put up with a lot of crap. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I was, uh, I was thinking recently about how picky I was about like what flavor cough syrup like I would have when I was sick. <laughs> like parents, are, okay, it's already a pain in the ass that your kid is like sick and like you got to take care of them. You're probably gonna get sick too because you're 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 touching them and you're moving them around. And, exactly, like... and then 
here's a kid who's like, I won't, like, I refuse to have anything cherry flavored, like artificial cherry flavored to this day. To be fair, cherry flavored cough syrup is fucking gross. Like, it's all about grape cough syrup. (laughs) It's like, who invented that cherry flavor artificial? It does not taste like cherries, or at least it doesn't, or more accurately, it doesn't taste like the fake cherry flavor that actually tastes good. (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. But I think I used to wreck Havoc. Havoc? Or Havoc. (laughs) Havoc. Havoc. Yeah, uh, over, over over cough syrup. Exactly. Like, cough, cough. Exactly. <laughs> no, not good enough. <laughs> Try again later. <laughs> they came out with an orange one, I remember, in the 90s when really? I was a kid. And, like, I love that stuff. Orange was, cough syrup? Yeah, it was really good. I, I prefer the uh, the grape cough syrup. I think it was called Dimetap. And it was, uh, and yeah, it was, like, uh, very, it tastes basically like, like um, what I imagine the syrup must be for, like, grape soda. Ooh. Yeah, and and so, but obviously you only have like a little bit of it because it's medicine. You shouldn't OD on any sort of medicine, even cost here. Yeah. So it'd always be like, okay, that's enough of that, and I'm putting that away. <laughs> yeah, that is not product placement, is it? No, no, I, I don't even know if that is a thing anymore. I just remember, I remember that that was just like, uh, when when I had a cough, like that would just be the the one that would always come out with the Dimetap. Um, yeah, I guess they can't make it taste too good because then like you kids just, will like you just try and drink it. it. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> that was like always my thing with um, as I got older, like the kids these days can have like gummy bear vitamins. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had Flintstones vitamins. That was definitely yeah, we a had thing. Flintstones vitamins were like fun to eat. Yeah. And then, then you'd look, you'd look yeah. and see like, oh, what character did you get? Oh, I got Gazoo or whatever, you know? <laughs> exactly. But I always wonder like gummy bear vitamins, if it's in the wrong hands, like would you accidentally like, yeah, like, it's like, ooh. This I feel like, like there's like a Simpsons episode or something like that where someone like ODs on vitamins, but... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Here comes the next question. All right. I want you to name the first thing that comes to your head, something that makes you angry. War. War. Because I was watching CNN this morning and France uh, has basically found that isis or or they looked at this the this horrible situation yesterday and it's basically isis it was an act of war I mean, we're, we should know that we're recording this the day after the uh the bombings and shootings in paris uh where we're, we're i guess there's more than 120 people were, were killed and so yeah I guess they're, they're currently saying they think it was a, a syrian isis block or something like that yeah pretty terrible i think they uh they found a lot of them were suicide bombers and i think a lot of the the uh, details are still breaking have you ever uh, like gone to like a, a protest like against war or kind of any anything of that of that nature? That's an interesting question. I think as a, um, I haven't actually. I haven't covered it as a journalist, and then I think as a journalist, I haven't participated um, so publicly in in a protest. Well, that's kind of one of the interesting things about you know being a journalist or about you know is is that you are a human being with an opinion and mm-hmm. war makes you angry but you also in a way you're, you're also trained to kind of uh keep yourself at a distance from those opinions or or at least to not share them publicly or or you know depend i mean it depends on what sort of work you're doing right it's it's people have different levels of freedom to you know share what they think but like i guess when you but you when you were younger like uh we grew up largely during the bush era bush and first clinton and, and then bush uh, i kind of became politically aware you know definitely during the bush, bush presidency um like do, do you think that you understood at that time 
what was going on with like Afghanistan and Iraq and, and, and those those wars? I don't think so. I mean, I we I mean, I think we're about the same age. I was what 11, 12 years old when 9/11 happened and you know, the aftermath of that, it was like, you know, you're of course supporting the United States and all all its endeavors to to fight these radicals and all that. Um and I don't think yeah, you, I I completely understood the complexity of of what was happening. I mean, it, it was one of the things where I remember hearing about protests. I remember hearing and reading about people who were unhappy with the decision to invade. And, and I remember uh, like watching Arrested Development was one of my favorite TV shows. And like then they would have a lot of political commentary on that where they, they'd be making fun of um, – there'd be like a, a, a bit where, where uh, Lindsay, the, the spoiled rich daughter, would, would be like – acting out trying trying to be a liberal activist and says she would get get involved with like an anti-war group and all of the war protesters would be like driven out to the desert and put into a free speech zone which was a cage in the desert <laughs> and the military just locked them up there and then drove away and that was like their protest area was just like the, the free speech zone um stuff like that like I, that 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 reached me to an extent but i didn't really I didn't really process what was going on until college, really not even until like late in college. Like, did I kind of really understand or, or at least start to really grasp at, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, I think we're not alone. I think that even Washington completely didn't understand what they got themselves into until recently. Not, yeah, not fair. to get more political. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, fair point. Yeah. All right. And here comes, let's make this the last question. Here comes one more question. What is the weirdest dream you've ever had? Oh my gosh. My my dreams are always they're always like these like thriller, like action packed, like <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's way more exciting than my real life. <laughs> so, so what's what's an example? Like what happens in, in one of these action movie dreams? Usually what happens is um I'm like a hostage with my family, like inside of like our childhood home. But the childhood home is like, it doesn't completely look like my childhood home. It's like combined with like other houses we've lived in. It's kind of bits and pieces from your memory of just something resembling home. Exactly. It's like multiple houses merged together. And usually, yeah, we're like, we're like hostages or like hiding out from like bad guys outside. It's a little And then, little then what creepy. happens? What happens after that? I think usually... Usually we're okay in the end, or I wake up. So, so then, like, when you have these dreams, like, do you ever um, have you ever had like a really vivid one? Like, do, do you ever like actually feel when you wake up, like, did that happen, or, or like, um, like I've had dreams sometimes where, 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 like, when I'm just in that groggy initial state where I'm like, oh god, I can't believe I did that. Wait, I didn't do that. That was a dream, you know? Yeah. Do, do you ever have? Do you ever have that feeling? Yeah, totally. And like, I distinctly remember like in one of them, like I was like yelling in the dream, but like I couldn't yell because I think I might have been like trying to yell in real life. And I like really? woke up and I was like, oh crap, did I like yell really loud in real life? <laughs> and like wake up the neighbors. Yeah. I uh, I talk in my sleep sometimes and I, I'm not exactly sure what, what, what triggers it. it may, maybe it's a dream related thing or I, I don't know what, but it's... Uh... Oh, you should record yourself. I've actually fun. done that in the past. Yeah. Really? And it's all, it's, it's gobbledygook. It's, it's like, you know, random like utterances. And then, um, I guess one time I was, I was, uh, I was using, there's an app actually called sleep talk. I think it's called, and oh, really? it's, it's for doing exactly this where basically it's, it's using the phone's microphone 
and it's kind of constantly recording, but it deletes all the audio except for when it hears noise above a certain level, basically noise that it thinks is okay this is loud enough that this person's talking and not just like rolling over in bed or, or whatever um and so one time i got a couple sentences it was like oh, what are you doing so, so, something like that <laughs> but it was it's never been I, I i was kind of disappointed and i stopped doing it because it was never anything that was like really entertaining or revealing it was just kind of like oh well he's just like making noises yeah <laughs> no like no like noble prize winning discovery in your sleep no, and yeah exactly I didn't have any good ideas and that, that's the thing I was kind of, I was kind of like that's that's the stereotype right it's like someone like ha- has an idea in a dream and like oh if only they had written it down or, or I don't know something like that but uh, but but yeah no at least as far as my my sleep talking is concerned I've, ne- I've never uh, never gotten anything especially useful out of that <laughs> well and I just saw Inside Out uh, yeah. that Pixar film I was just telling you. Um, And in that, they're kind of depicting like how a dream could be orchestrated in your brain. And it's kind of interesting. It's like, could it be different pieces of our subconscious that we're we're just thinking about? Or is it like, yeah, is it like the the neurons in our brain like putting on a show for us? Uh, This was fun. Did you you like this? Like, what what did you think of being the uh, being the interviewee? This is a lot of fun. It's it's definitely as a journalist, it's strange to be on the other side. Yeah, I'm, I admit I'm like a little sweaty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for uh, for being my first guest. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again to Vignesh Ramachandran for being such a brave guinea pig for this show. I didn't even tell him what we would be doing. I just asked, could I show up at his house with a bunch of recording equipment? And he said yes. You can find Vignesh on Twitter at at VigneshR. That's V-I-G-N-E-S-H-R. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Random Questions Show Music, the stuff you're hearing right now, is by Red Eyes and licensed under Creative Commons. For more, visit randomquestions.xyz. Thanks for listening.